monsters. <laughs> Welcome to 91 Octane, Jaime Garcia of Race FF Pod. Thank you for coming back to the show, man. Thank you. Um, what What is this now, like the fifth time I've been on this podcast? Is it really the fifth? I think so. I don't know. If that's I... true, according to SNL rules, I owe you a jacket. <laughs> Well, you know, you are, I, I gotta, I gotta uh, represent. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I gotta get you. I gotta get you like a ninety-one octane windbreaker or something. Really, there, it's been there five times. I think. Yeah, so, you're I've, you're in the lead. Yeah, because I think I, I've been on with you and Randy at least twice. Yeah, uh, yeah. There might have been. I think maybe. Three I want to say might have been three times. Yeah, yeah, that you came up with when it was with Randy. And then, and then I, you had this is definitely back. the second, yeah, definitely second time and first time remote, which is first time remote, yeah, which is wild, right? <laughs> this is a little weird. Uh, I was very, I even spoke uh, about this to you before. Like, I was very against remote podcasts mm-hmm. before, but the way the world has moved, this is like the new norm now. Like, this is how we yeah. communicate, whether it be FaceTime or remote jobs or whatever it is. But, you know, we're here. Thank you for joining me. I know this makes it a lot easier. We're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to talk headlines. We're going to talk Hyman Race FF pod. And then, of course, we're going to end with a head-to-head challenge at the end. And we'll get into those details. But first, mm-hmm. let's go under the headlines. First headline, the 40, a 40-year-old man sues Gran Turismo creators for not making him a pro driver after achieving gold on first try in every <laughs> S-licensed mission. <laughs> now, you know, this is – go for it. Now, h- how long has it taken you to – because I'm a Gran Turismo pe- person. I, I know that there's always like the dichotomy between Gran Turismo and then we have a Forza. For me, I've always liked Gran Turismo. Same here. Have have you uh, ever gotten all gold? Because it takes like I'm not I'm not good at it. Really? So that was yeah. going to be one one of my questions for you. I mean, the first one was, do you play Gran Turismo? Which is yes. The mm-hmm. second one is, there are two camps. There mm-hmm. is the just get a trophy camp, and then there's the gold camp. <laughs> I am the gold camp. So I have, mm-hmm. except for seven, I'm going to admit. In seven is the only exception. I've done all golds in every Gran Turismo before it. Damn. Yeah, so, that was it's that's the mission. So have you sent in your uh request for becoming a pro driver? <laughs> Where do you think this headline came from? This is me. I'm like, man, where's my seat, man, watching this movie? No, yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes I, sometimes I do think – I mean, this was birthed in a little bit of truth. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that because, yeah, it's like I, I learned a lot of my driving technique, right, in Gran Turismo. It wasn't until I actually took it to real life where I'm like, oh, there's some things here that, that I've learned mm-hmm. before and how to do it. And so then mm-hmm. it's not a far stretch to say, hey, I got all gold. Why, why don't I get a seat? Why don't, why don't I do this? <laughs> But go back to, going back to the original question, mm-hmm. are you a any trophy is good or are you a gold or nothing? 
I guess for me, like, I've never been really hardcore into gaming. Like, I enjoy it. So going into the gold, it, it was just not, not going to happen. And I always used a controller. Because I was Me not too. enough. That's how I started. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Because, dude, yeah. it's so hard without without the steering wheel. I'm like, man. And, and this is something that I think uh, you you talked about when you had a Calvin on. Um, I'm not really good at The Sims. Uh, I, I think I was a really bad driver. So I had to depend a lot on what I would feel um, while I'm driving. Got it. So I really do depend on that. And when you take that away, it's like, you know, half a lap and then I'm in the wall. And I'm like, oh, damn. Really? So it was never yeah. really your thing? No. Cause, I mean, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, in, I in like in sort of our automotive adventure together, right, going to the track and, and, and kind of working on things, like we'll bounce things off each other. I'll ask you questions about tracks. And, and the, I think the one thing we haven't discussed together is sim work. Mm. And so you don't do sim work prior to, like, say, tracks you're not familiar with. You just – you're always going in blind. Well, how do you prepare, I guess? Um, so luckily, you know, with, um, cause see that that's a really good question. Cause you have to look at what is good data in terms of like video. So for me, I need to find something that's going to be similar to my speed, similar setup, and then go through and figure out, okay, where are my shifting points and where are my breaking points for a certain track? And then seeing like how someone else uh, behaves like that. Luckily, you know, with Honda Civics, there's so many people out there. Um, you just have to find, like, good drivers. And then you could kind of go through there and be more or less, I feel like, 80% of the way of, like, what you have a good idea. And honestly, oftentimes when you're driving, um, I feel like when you go through to a new track, you're like, oh, this is kind of like Turn 2 at Big Willow. Or, oh, this is kind of like Riverside at Button Willow. Or, oh, like, this is not like anything I've ever driven before. So I, I feel like you're at the point where if you go to a different track, you'll you'll feel that. And then your sensory part of, like, your butt dyno will go ahead and start feeling in, like, oh, okay, this is what this feels like. So that's why I've always struggled with sim work. And, and it's weird because I could argue that, like, the videos that you're doing there's no feel there's 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 nothing right in those videos mm -hmm. so yeah. you're getting the same data that you would say in a sim with mm -hmm. the exception of driving the car mm -hmm. so you know you could get an advantage there but i mean it's just not your thing i think mm -hmm. one of the things that we don't talk about with sim work is sort of the consequence of it which is mm -hmm. something that i experienced a lot when i started you talk about driving by feel and kind of comparing turn to turns. Um, I was very much, be, due to sim, right, not having the feel, I was learning points, turning points, like very specific markers, very specific braking points, which it doesn't translate as well from a video game to or a sim mm. right i don't want to offend anybody mm -hmm. to the actual real thing right especially when mm -hmm. you can't you don't have a one-for-one -one car so mm. a lot of the problems that i had when come with coming to new tracks is not having that direct one-to-one -one translation from sim to the track 
um, and learning to trust my feel rather than mm-hmm. what I was programming into my brain by this mm-hmm. game. And so there was this constant back and forth of, oh, well, I mean, the game said stop here and accelerate here, but my butt mm-hmm. is telling me to do something completely different here. Which one do mm-hmm. I trust, right? That was the challenge for me. Have you ever had, like, you know, coming up and driving sort of that same challenge where you had to trust one set of skills over another, and how did you choose which one it would be? I I think um, that's a very good parallel in terms of saying um, if you don't have a one-to-one ratio, like, it's really hard to translate. Like, I know that you and I have both uh, looked at certain tracks like Big Willow that are featured in uh, Gran Turismo, and you're like, oh, okay, let me see if I can find something that's really close to my car. But then it's like, you're not going to have the, the Maxxis RC1s on, on there. Yeah, you're not exactly, going to have yeah. the RT660s on there. And those, like, as you and I uh, know, they make the car handle very differently. Like, you can't do the same inputs, even though, quote unquote, they're like on the same uh, points level, even in... Um, even in like whatever competitive body you're in but for me um especially with instructing since there's such a high uh variation from like you know tony who you had on recently with the wagon and um you know driving uh one of the new or being in one of the new corvettes and out in the rain at big willow you know you you really do depend on uh what you're feeling how does the car feel and, you know, one of the things that I did with Tony, I'm like, hey, this is on stock brake pads. Let's move the braking zones way early, sacrifice there so that you could go the whole session. And sure enough, we sacrificed there, but we were we were catching up to people. And that, <laughs> that wagon was so much fun. Um, Tony didn't tell you, but we we entered the, um, the now defunct um, – or possibly completely destroyed a triple-a speedway we entered the banking straight really early and really aggressively and i think we almost got the car airborne <laughs> what like it was, it on, the, on, the, ba- on the yeah. on the yeah com- on coming the, out of the carousel coming out of the carousel you know how you weigh and then you go in there like yeah we we're trying to pass a mustang so, <laughs> so just start up <laughs> So we just drove up and it was like, boom, but we're like, oh, man. Oh, my God, man. No I hope his wife way. never sees this video. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point, I mean, she's got to know she, he took it to the track. I mean, there's no saving yeah. But yeah. anyway, let's move into our next headline. Zero Mile Nissan Altima fetches $3 million in Bring a Trailer auction. Mm-hmm. First question I have for you here. When you first read this, how far did you feel it was from the truth? You know, it's hard to say, especially right now with the Bring It Trailer uh, culture that we have now, you know, because I think you did a story not that long ago about like a a Geo Metro or something uh, that sold for like 20 grand. And I was just like, like, what if Nissan just did it to like promote it? Like if you think about it in terms like a, a marketing campaign, if they did that, like how how that would uh, line up for that? 
That's not. That's actually. I hadn't thought of that conspiracy theory because I've always, you know, there's always the money laundering schemes. Mm -hmm, There's that stuff. mm -hmm. But you're right. Like, what better sort of marketing or like viral marketing campaign for an OEM than to say, hey. We sold our shittiest car on Bring a Trailer for $3 million. And and it's just, I mean, it's become, like, to me, and, and I, I feel like, and, and I want you to challenge my bias here, but I feel mm-hmm. like Bring a Trailer is really becoming a problem with inflating prices, right? And it's easy for some rich person to be like, nah, mm-hmm. well, you just don't have the money, so that's why this mm-hmm. is, you know, that it's bothering you. But in a lot of cases, it's just like the Geo Metro, right? Like a 1988 Yugo that sold for ten thousand dollars, <laughs> right? Like why, right? Why is why are these things happening? And so what you mentioned, the fact that you're able to say bring a trailer culture, and it yeah. means something in the car mm-hmm. world. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's huge to me. That yeah. is big. Like, do you think there's an authentic? Maybe let's not call it a problem. Let's call it a phenomenon. An authentic mm-hmm. phenomenon that's been created by Bring a Trailer that has affected the normal used car market. I think so. I think, I mean, if you think about it, uh, you look at what uh, back in the day um, were like the Meekum car auctions, if you remember. Like if you yeah. saw a car that sold really well at Meekum, you're like, dude, that's going to inflate the price of my car because hell, like mine was in better condition than that. Or, you know, what's going on now is like, oh, a DC2 Type R sold for 60K. My my Type R with double the <laughs> mileage, it's got to be 25 at least. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I think we're, we're seeing as things are now exploding in the um, internet and now um, kind of going to the everyman, you could see how that's kind of like rising you know, cars that maybe you and I would be uh, more interested in than, like, let's say the Meekum um, auction people would be. Because I feel like there was always that barrier of entry, so it kept it separated. But now that we have the internet, it's, like, all interconnected. And now, you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely Good point. Yeah, because you're right. Like, what Bring Your Trailer has done is the exclusivity of concourse-level vehicles, right? Putting a car on the concourse... Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It does. It's not limited to your, you know, your premium restorations or your supercars. Now you've got like a shitty three twenty five i or you know a two hundred thousand mile EM one right mm-hmm. on on the concourse, mm-hmm. and people with deep co- pockets that want it that don't want to battle for buying one are going to throw money at it. Exactly. Which brings me to my next question, right? If if you had to pick like a very undesirable car that you think will fetch big money on bat in the future, what would you pick? Any car that exists currently, but it has to be undesirable. Undesirable. You know what? I was just thinking about something like this. So for me, uh, being a Honda head, the EP3 has always been a car that I like. And I know it looks like a mini Odyssey. And <laughs> to all the people that think that, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it yeah, it but, really does. But I love the shifter location to it. You know, the EP3 Type Rs that everyone else got besides us, um, I think are freaking dope and they handle well. 
ours are completely crappy and have less power. And you could get a decent running one for like about three or four K, which is what I would think would be a fair price for like a GSR Integra or an EM1. So imagine perfect condition, white EP3 for freaking stupid money now. Like that. I I think I think you pulled a rabbit out of the hat with this one. I think that's a really good pick. I honestly thought like the easiest pick for me right now would probably be like the Nissan Z, the new Z. Mm. I think people hate it right now, but I think it's eventually it's going to get to a point where it's going to oh, have yeah. inflated prices due to the, just the oh, fact yeah. that there's not many out there. Exactly. But the EP3, that's a good one because, I mean, people have been talking shit about that car for my entire life. And they yeah, so. And yeah, but I can see I can see the the hymas of the world, right? Like you kind of appreciate the car, <laughs> yeah. right? You start sort of getting into an age where you got a little more income. It's like, oh, well, I'm gonna pay 10k for this car. Or I'm gonna pay 15k. Then one pops up for zero miles. All of a sudden, someone's paying twenty five thousand for one. That's a yeah. really good one. That's a really good pick. I I, I yeah. like that pick. Because they're all haggard. If you look for them on, on Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> yeah. they're haggard. Or, or here's another good one. First gen, low mileage, Honda Fit Sport with like all the bells and whistles on it. That's another one. I think so too. You're right. That is in the same vein of like, don't want to offend my Honda heads. But it's in the same vein of the Geo Metro being on Bring a Trailer, right? It's sort of sort of yeah. in that same type of category. Even though the Fit is a better performing car, I could see that yeah. too for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I mean, like the Fit was always designed to be a sub economy car. So, like your quote unquote Civic DXs or LXs, um, yeah, you know, like the lowest trim. So it it was a, a budget vehicle. And it has a yeah. weird uh, rear suspension, so it's like not the cool um, double wishbone that you expect, but it's fine. Yeah, man. So I imagine that now, like pristine fit, like yeah, like concourse one. level, like untouched. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I mean, like that would be nearly impossible considering what it was made for, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, but someone out there might have one, right? Or maybe mm -hmm. at a dealership somewhere that never sold and they just stashed it away. Who mm -hmm. knows? But considering what happened in 2020, 2021, and 2022, I doubt there are many cars that weren't sold. But who knows, yeah. right? Who knows? Maybe there's yeah. one out there. Farm there's, farm. there's somebody for everything right mm -hmm. so there's probably somebody out there that really loves a honda fit and drives it 10 miles a year and mm -hmm. that one would qualify but yeah no you're right but the ep3 i think that one's a good one yeah yeah i think the theme here is that bring a trailer needs to be stopped i think that's that's <laughs> the theme now in 25 years let's fast forward 25 years what would you estimate a decent condition hundred thousand mile eg would pull Ooh. 25 you years know, from now. I I mean, obviously inflation would have a significant effect, but I, I don't see why it wouldn't be under 20, like 20 grand. That says a lot. What What is the market for them now? I think I've seen um, like good condition EGs. And uh, uh, again, there's the EGs and then there's the EGSIs. And then yeah. we have on the other side, 
the JDM ones that came with the B16s and the SIRs and whatnot. Um, but I, I think right now, if you're looking for something that's not too crazy done up, like just kind of OEM-ish uh, level, you you can find them between 8 to about 12. But I, I mean, we're, we're talking about really low mileage, everything like all together. I'm talking about like stuff. That what is really get. low, though? What is really low for, for uh, a Honda that old? It has to be. It has to be um, under 80K. It has, oh, for those okay. Kind of, Does that yeah. still exist? You'd be surprised. You know, there are people okay. that had them and, you know, they got them as retirees and they only go to certain parts. Because remember, the, those cars were essentially cheap commuter cars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's been so long already, right? Since Since then... But yeah, eight to twelve—that's a lot. But for eighty grand, anything under that, I get it. Uh, for like, where would you put one that's like a hundred k miles? It, it has to be like eight, eight k around there, eight k or lower. That still seems high to me. So yeah, I guess the twenty k in twenty five years uh, makes sense, just really due to yeah. inflation. I mean, it would catch up to that, man. Because you have the EGSI, right? Yes. So. So you've got 20k yeah. coming to you in 25 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the cage and how how ugly I've made it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. How often do you think about that? Like every once in a while, it'll pop into my head that like I can't sell my M3. Like mm-hmm. I can sell it. There'll be a buyer, right? But it's gonna take mm-hmm. a long time to sell it because of what I've done to it. Do you mm-hmm. ever think about that with your race car? Oh yeah. I mean, when I saw <laughs> when I saw what was it? Um, so my dad works in auto detail and yeah. somebody showed up with my exact same car, an EGSI. And then he was just getting ready for uh, the buyer because he had sold it for 10 K and it was wow. an EGSI low mileage. I, th- I think he had like a hundred K on there or something like yeah. pretty low, but it was like cherry, everything AC, everything worked on it. And he, he just wanted like a good detail work on it. And, yeah, my dad was like, "Hey, is this the one that you have? This guy just sold it for ten grand." And I'm like, You're "Like, mine's not worth that." No, my mine had three hundred and thirteen thousand miles when I got it. it <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely got way more than that now. Mm-hmm. Just on that trip to Washington, so yeah, I'm at three twenty something now. So yeah, what you got it at three thirteen, and you've put. 7,000 miles on it already? Yeah. Wow. Well, you have to remember, I was driving it to and from uh, the track. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you weren't towing it the whole time. Yeah, that, and that's, then, a, that's a good point. And then when I rebuilt the engine, I had to break in the engine, and I did the proper uh, 1,000 miles. So, you know, you're, you're oh, priming man. the engine, did that, all of that, make sure it was all seated. So yeah, yeah that's gonna while. be tricky, yeah. Cause I have to rebuild my motor, but mm-hmm. my car is not a street car, so it's gonna get broken in at the track. So yeah, maybe that's the hard broken. part. That that's <laughs> yeah. that's the hard part. Um yeah. you wanna get it to go up and down the rev ranges and do all yeah. the proper thing for seating the, the rings. So, and I don't want to do a track day just to break it in right like mm-hmm. just to cruise around the track even though that would be the smart thing to do if i'm paying thousands of dollars to rebuild this motor 
I mean, it would probably be the best thing because you would be able to get it up on the rev ranges and not hang somewhere uh, like highway driving, which I have yeah. been told is uh, kind of bad. But yeah, you could take it out on like one of the budget track days. I mean, we're in SoCal. We have hundred dollar yeah. track days. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. That's uh, we take that for granted. I know I take it for granted. Yeah, but anyway, let's get into our next headline. 18-year-old man transforms into financial guru after financing a used charger with zero down payment and 40% APR. Why I mean, is it always this... the chargers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's the char- it is the chargers or like the Mustangs. But mm-hmm. the, I think Dodge, more than any company, or at least Dodge dealers, Mm-hmm. Are very willing to issue these crazy, crazy <laughs> loans, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you've sent me links to YouTube videos of guys talking about these deals that they're getting themselves into, yeah. where it's like in the long run they pay like three or four times what the car is worth, which yeah. is insane. It's so it's so dumb. Yeah, but I don't think bad financial decisions is exclusive to Dodge Charger drivers. What is the no, worst financial decision you've made? Oh, um, racing? Just <laughs> generally? Damn it. I actually, the way I wrote down the, the, the question, I actually wrote, besides racing, what is the worst okay. financial oh, mistake okay. you've ever made? Yeah, yeah. So worst financial mistake, I think, is, you know, when you're building something for the first time, you realize, man... I could get this cheap part right now, put that in, and then uh, go with that because I am the king of uh, Facebook Marketplace uh, sales. Um, <laughs> You're the king I, of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so for for me, it, it would probably be like buying used tires and using those as daily drives because then when you factor in the cost of how much it cost me to mount and balance them, and then uh, daily driving uh, track tires, like you just you just destroy them. I mean, it's cool for when you go to the canyons, but man, you just eat up money that way. Definitely having a double set. That that's where I was like, okay, now we're we're on it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a big that was a big one for me too. That like I learned my lesson through cars in terms of let's it's more expensive but let's buy the higher quality newer thing now and Mm -hmm. then you know in the long run we end up saving more money but we weren't always in that place you know where we could sometimes i know i was used tire budget for a really long time so Mm -hmm. it was just a matter of what you what you were experiencing now in terms of these bad financial decisions someone could argue that if you've made every mistake in the book Technically, you're an expert. Yeah. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. And so this guy that's getting into a zero down payment, 40% APR loan, it's actually, he's literally going going to go through the, the, worst, the worst possible journey through his, uh, through his financial kind of growth, right? Mm-hmm. Would, you trust, would you trust someone that has made every mistake in the book now taking it to the car world, racing, right? Or would you, tr- or would you trust more the person that's always done it the right way? Who would you trust more out of those scenarios? You know, I, I feel like this is a little triggering, and you know, I like Calvin. <laughs> Calvin is a great person. 
<laughs> Calvin, you've been called out <laughs> now. <didn't I? laughs> That's funny. <laughs> no, I, he, and, and you know, it, it's something that him and I have talked about a lot because, again, you look at his spacers uh, or suspension geometry correction, uh, but. <laughs> That he got from uh, the local metal supply that he's like, yeah, this is about 20 mil, cut it, drill a hole, bam, there we go. Um, but, you know, there there is a deeper understanding that you get when you do stuff like that. Um, like him making his own brake pads. Because then you realize, wait, that's really all it is. It's just a metal packing plate and then the pad material. And you could cut it. And you're like, wait. Like, yes, this is ratchet as hell, but, (laughs) you know, these can be uh, extremely useful, especially, like, imagine you're in an endurance race and you have a set of pads from another guy that would fit your car. You're going, I'm cutting those pads up and I'm making sure that they go on the car. Yeah. Yeah. There are certain things where it opens up your mind and you realize, like, oh, wait, this is how this uh, device can actually work a little bit better. Yeah, like I, I th- I've i seen, you know, with a lot of things that Kelvin does, right? You can continue with Kelvin as an example. Like mm-hmm. a lot of things that I've seen him do, like through his YouTube channel, seemed like astronomical. Then all of a sudden he does the work and it's like, oh, this is digestible. We, we can do this, right? Mm-hmm. This is something we can get away with. It's not as complicated as once, you know, was presented. And so mm-hmm. I'm in the same camp. Well, I will trust the person that's made every mistake mm-hmm. more so than I trust the person that's always gotten it right, right? Although there, you know, that person is skilled. Yeah. But I think there's a bigger lesson in the mistakes and the failure of figuring things out. Absolutely, cuz we we could just put it down into one simple example. Who do you want to help you work on an old uh on an older car? The guy who's never snapped a bolt? Or the guy that snaps so many bolts, he's now a pro at getting them out. Oh, I want the guy with the snap. Give me that bolts. guy. Yeah, give me that, that guy, guy. Any day. Any yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I don't care what the job is. Yeah, absolutely. You're so right. Cause a lot of the a lot of the hang ups with jobs are those things. Exactly. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, you need that strife. I feel like there's in there's a parallel just to life here. There's a philosoph- mm-hmm. philosophical lesson we're approaching that we're not going to get to because we're not, not that <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, next headline, Stance Kid achieves 90 degrees of camber and car instantly takes flight like the Back to the Future DeLorean. And this was a Civic that took flight in the picture. I love that it was an EG hatch, too. <laughs> it was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it just it, it worked the easiest. Like it would, mm-hmm. In, in uh, editing it, I was like, this is perfect. And so the original car, are you a Back to the Future fan? I, I've watched the films. I, I like it, of course. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're yeah. very... Are, are you, would you own a DeLorean? You know, it's funny you ask this. The other day I was at, in my garage working on my car and some random person walks up to me and he's like, hey, I see you working on your car, car a lot. And I'm like, okay, like, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to steal my it, Civic? <laughs> And, and I mean, you know me, you know, most of the people that have uh, met me in, in um, like real life know that I'm a really friendly person. But 
when you're in that scenario, you're kind of like guarded. Like, are you going to complain? Oh, yeah. Like the Asian? Yeah. You're like, it's what? almost like you're naked. Yeah. Yeah. Because you you don't know what's coming. And then this guy's like, yeah, I drive a Miata. Like, I, I, I've done track days and this and that. And I'm like, oh, okay. You're one of my people. We're cool. And we're, <laughs> yeah. we're one talking. of us. One of yeah. us. Yeah. <laughs> then, then this guy pulls this out on me. He's looking at my garage. He's like, man, I love your garage. It's like great setup. It's, it's good for what it is. I, I think it's really maximized. And then yeah. he takes me. He's like, dude, come over to my garage. And inside there, he had a DeLorean. Really? I, was like, what? What? I looked at that and I'm like, wow. And he's like, yeah, I'm rebuilding it. Like this guy had the fuse uh, box disassembled because the wiring was all bad. And he was like repinning the freaking uh, box. And I'm like, bro, that yeah. is wild. And like literally like the building next to me, this is where this guy is. And I never knew. I never knew. What? He's yeah, probably what? from the future. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get those what? angle kits on there. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> so you've now you've just seen one. So this is mm. perfect. Would you own one? As long as it's case swapped, it's down. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes the most sense. Honestly, it makes the most yeah. sense for it to be swapped, man. And you know, um, what is your favorite car movie? Oh, I mean, and you can stretch you can stretch car movie as far as you want, but what is your favorite car movie? Man, there's like car movies that I've really liked, um, but in terms of like an actual car movie, that's a hard one, man. I mean, you the Gone in sixty seconds one is really cool because you see a lot of driving, but you know what? I think I know which one it is. It's got to be Baby Driver. I feel oh, like really? the the stunt work, it wasn't overly CGI in there. Um, and, and that I didn't think they used pretty... any CGI. Did they use some? Yeah. Well, the, yeah. In, in comparison to like other car movies where, you know, they talk about family a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, are you shitting on the fast saga right now? <laughs> but, like, there yeah. was, like, something that was kind of raw about that that I really liked. So I think Baby Driver is definitely one. Uh, obviously, the the soundtrack uh, on that movie was oh, really yeah. good. But overall car movie, I think, like, even Ronin. I don't know if you've seen that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, um, you gotta give like people props for driving real cars and doing like real stunts with them. So, yeah, I, I would say probably modern one would be Baby Driver, and then um, probably Ronin. I, I, I've heard it being reviewed as one of the like best car movies in terms of car action. Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good one. I go back to those movies a lot, like the mm -hmm. movies that have like action, like the Transporter. Like I like watching the transporter Dude, because yeah, of all the sorry. driving too. You're right. Like whenever they limit the CGI, it just feels better. It feels more real. But I, mm -hmm. I was curious. What's your opinion on the Fast Saga? I mean, look, I, I'm not one of the people that likes to hate on things. Um, oh yeah. If you enjoy it, <laughs> if you enjoy it, if you enjoy it, that's cool, man. I, I mean, for me, yeah. like I'm, I've always considered myself kind of like odd. Um, in that sense that I don't really like like a lot of the stuff, but it is fine. 
That's fine. So what, like one, one through three, like you didn't like them at all either. One, two, three. I, I feel like we're we're on two different genres. One was like very grunge, kind of like three, and you had to have that cheesy um, uh, storyline to it. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I, I mean, it'll forever live in automotive history for um, really making tuner cars popular in, uh, I guess, the zeitgeist, if you will, if I'm using that yeah, yeah. correctly. Um, and, and then the uh, two and three, um, I mean, Tokyo Drift, obviously, because it brings it to Japan, even though it was super corny, but with the <laughs> RB swapped... Uh, yeah uh, mustang i'm like eh, like but you know it, it it did its job it was fine and yeah now it's like doesn't dom have like superpowers now like it, yeah it's fly? gotten out of hand yeah. it's gotten out of hand yeah like it definitely like but it's i don't even know i don't even know it see that's the thing like it is and it isn't like it used to be i used to watch the movies like oh this is fascinating this is cool now I watch them and I'm like, that's not possible. That's not possible. What the, like they sound ludicrous to space. Like, like why? In a Fiero. That, that was the funniest yeah. part for a car <laughs> yeah. that was known to catch fire in the assembly line. They put a rocket on a Fiero instead <laughs> yeah. of the space. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna assume that was a nod to that, but I don't believe it actually was. Yeah, I don't uh, believe. Now you know. Now going going away from car, you know, car movies and and going back to sort of modding cars. What's the most clapped out car you've ever owned? Ooh, so that's good. That's a good one. So for the longest time, I've always owned uh, Hondas, and that's just because I refuse to buy. 13s and 15 mil sockets and i i hate <laughs> wheel bolts so that, that that kind of moves a lot of cars out of my uh periphery but for a while i had a uh 1989 toyota corolla with the pop-up headlights sr5 it was so slow it had 13-inch <laughs> wheels uh, made in West Germany. So that gives you an idea how old these are when they separated oh my God, the Germanys. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it has some Michelins on there that were like 700 treadwear or something. Like freaking <laughs> – I would, I would do like a canyon run and then touch them and they were cold. They never got hot. Um, <laughs> the interior – was like late 80s so it was a velvet blue interior which oh. was awesome <laughs> so it was white with a baby uh blue and i had it on stock shocks and man like i knew i was driving at the limit when i would feel the mud flaps scraping on the side and i could just hear it just going <laughs> what would it qualify as the traditional clapped out though or, or did it look kind of decent for what it was oh it no looked like it, it looked it looked yeah. decent. It was good. Um, it's yeah. just like it was just dog. It, it was. How like, long was that stint? How long did you own it? Uh, it was during my college phase. I remember I took uh, my baller friend from Korea in it, and he he was pretty sad about that. It was <laughs> all four shots <laughs> like, for blow. I, you know, I like that you called it a college phase. 
and, yeah. and then and then also that like you took a, like a rich Korean person in this car and they were yeah. disappointed, like l- oh, legit. Yeah. Well, Why? he got he got sick because I took him up through uh, Mount Wilson to go see uh, the view, and then oh. I'm just like driving my normal pace and it's yeah. just like clonk clonk. <laughs> so he got out. He's like, man, this thing sucks. And yeah, like. <laughs> When I ended up uh, visiting him, like, he's one of those people that was, like, really, like, uh, humble. And then I get to his place, and it's like, okay, so this is where we where I live, and it's, like, a tower of penthouses. And it's, like, what? the Donald Trump and Daewoo World 2. And as we're what? going underneath, uh, the parking structure, it's all Lexus, Mercedes, Lexus, Mercedes, Lexus, Mercedes. It's like Damn. five series and up, and I'm like, man, I'm out of my demographic here. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't live there. He rented it just to get back at you for that drive. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, they made me feel bad because we would go places, and I'm like, dude, this is really expensive. He's like, nah, I got you. And I'm like, man, you know, that, that embarrassment of being like poor and then someone taking you somewhere nice you're like man yeah you're like ah uh, okay uh, thank okay. you yeah <laughs> just for 22 cents a day you can sponsor <laughs> <Hyman>. <laughs> all right well that closes up our headlines thank you for helping me out with those hymen now i want to talk about you a little more right mm-hmm. your, your current cars let's start there Right, you've been working on the race car. You you reshot the other Civic. Let's start with the Silver Civic, because yeah. you you've been babying that one a little more than than I remember. What 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 are the plans for that one? What what's what's happening there? So definitely, right now, um, two things that I really want to get done um, onto it, but it's just going to take some time in terms of uh, money wise. Is I want to get the shocks rebuilt. They're MCSs okay. uh, singles. And yes, um, all of you guys are like, "Oh, that's Bollard." Yeah, that was that was back when I was living in an apartment. Not not a, my overhead was way low, and my wage was like higher. Now I have yeah. a condo, so now it's like, ah, yeah. So uh, the shocks just, need just to be like rebuilt. the shocks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, so I want to do the shocks. I want to do. Um, uh, the shifter cables, I did the Acuity bushings, um, and that just really made the uh, shifter feel way better. Um, but there's, like, little little things that I want to do to kind of clean it up a little bit more. Um, aside from that, I mean, that car, like, it's been so good to me. It's such a solid vehicle. And, I mean, even with the blown shocks that time we went to, um, what was it, Button Willow. You and I were doing kind of the, I think, similar times. I don't know if you were going faster. I feel like you may have been able to go faster, like in the tents, yeah, but I think yeah. we were both like at the two, 207s or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean. Uh, do you have plans to take that car to the track anymore? Is it retired from the track? Is, is Like, what's the plan there? I, I've been uh, mulling it over mainly because of what's going on at uh, Grid Life at Laguna Seca. Yeah. I really would love to take uh, Eli's car and compete in Sunday Cup over there. Yeah. But given how far of a drive it is and how much it's going to suck to tow, I'm like, maybe I should just take the Silver Civic and drive that thing out there. 
and just yeah. like have like a chill day put my bucket seat back in there and just you know like the car is good you you've been in it i, I don't think yep. i've taken you out on track with it um no but i i feel like it's like overall if you were to look at like the gran turismo thing where it shows like the capabilities i feel like it's solid all the way around even with the like really aggressive spring rate that it runs yeah i feel like it's a solid vehicle it still has the bbk the spring rate is pretty aggressive but it's not horrific to drive around in and you know it revs good with the uh final drive so yeah i i think i think it's good for for the most part i think with like little refinements that's about as much as I want to do to it. I think I could get it down to a low two. I don't think sub two lap time at Buttonwell 13 clockwise, but for the most part, I like it. Okay. Now, what would it take for me to get you to sell it and get into an M3? I mean, for me, and this is being real honest, I would have to spend like, six or seven months with you working on your M3 to the point where I feel like I can confidently work on everything around that M3 and not feel scared in terms of like the engine management stuff and transmission. Like that's what it I would mean, if really you're talking take. E36, it wouldn't take you six months. I mean, it would take no. you. <clears throat> yeah. A month, two months. And you'd, you'd know everything. Yeah, but I mean, like, in terms of, like, oh, you're going to do, like, an engine swap. Let's do that so that I can see, like, what it takes or whatnot. I think, really, for me, and what one of the reasons why I stay with Honda is just my familiarity with it and knowing that I can easily get parts from the junkyard if I really mess something up. Yeah, no, you're right. That's really my only hesitation, too, with moving to another chassis is the comfortability of knowing that I can work on this car. I know mm. how long it's going to take me to get things done for the most part. Mm. Um, whereas starting with a new chassis, maybe even new tools, mm. I kind of don't want to do that. But now let's move into the EGSI and racing, mm. right? What are, you know, where, where's the car at now? Um, and you know, what condition is it in? What what's the latest you've done to it? So recently, um, you know, I, I've been trying to get uh, faster, specifically at like Big Willow to bring my lap times down. And I've done a couple little changes under recommendation from uh, Carlos. And of course, getting uh, Jackie's uh, kind of uh, build, who's an amazing driver from uh, the Northeast, uh, Low Buck Motorsports, if you follow her on uh yeah. on instagram and really taking uh her setup and marrying it to my car and i'll be honest the last time we went out to big willow it's probably handling wise i think it's about almost 90 percent of the way there it, it is not loose but it's very fluid through the corner so i don't know if you saw the video where i'm like in turn two and just like slightly correcting under full throttle yeah and then coming out of uh turn five it, it like stepped out but it's like that much of a correction under full throttle and it's so progressive right now um and especially adding the helper springs up in the front and rear now the car has really good droop so like for um 
turn eight before with my old C and not having enough droop, I I would bang my head against the roll cage um, going through there like a couple times. Now there's just like one part where it's kind of like a bump, like a pretty aggressive bump. And yeah. then it that was it. So in terms of drivability, like I, I really would love to see you drive it um, because for the first two laps, it's just super like while the tires are getting up to temp, it's just super very fluid. And then afterwards, it's just a very confidence inspiring vehicle right now where it is just very fluid mid corner. Like it's not, oh, it's under steering. It, it's like you're full throttle and just pointing the steering wheel where you want to go. And it just yeah. goes. How long did it take you to get from, from like the first day you started driving it, like in the first configuration to where you are now, like with the 90% kind of comfortability or, or predictability of the car? How long was that process? I, I think um, the process in terms of like me knowing what, what I needed to do to get there wasn't the hardest part. It was the budget for it because in order to do that, I needed to get the ASR rear brace, hollow uh, hollow um, wall, rear sway bar, um, good coil, not coilovers because they're still Coney Yellows uh, race, but still Coney Yellows and the droop and all of that. So I, I would say it took me about a total of like about a year and a half to get there. That and the tire size. Um, was a big factor in terms of the gearing. Um, so that and the final drive and the LSD, like all of those things coming together have uh, made the car to where it is right now. And it's not that I didn't know what it would do. Um, it's that I just needed to save up to get to that. Yeah. No, honestly, like uh, you've been an inspiration to me in that way. And I know a lot of it is rooted in the fact that, you know, you want to be cost conscious, cost effective. Mm -hmm. But I've gotten I get into modes where I'm like, why am I doing this work myself? Why am I on my on my back in the garage? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's going to take longer to do things. But I think going back to what we were talking about earlier, now the knowledge that you have of what you did, how you configured in order to get to this point is way mm-hmm. more powerful than the car already being configured that way, right? Like if somebody oh, would yeah. have done it for you, it's like, okay, it's good, it's working now, mm-hmm. but if it comes out of configuration or, or you change something, how mm-hmm. do you put it back to, to that spec? Mm-hmm. I mean, you've gained way more knowledge that way. So oh, I'm yeah. trying to approach my my situation that way too. Even though it might take a little bit longer, I think it's mm-hmm. still it's a better education. No, and uh, one specific example that I think uh, you and I have both like kind of uh, talked about, and then um, I, I was super excited when I saw you implement was doing your own alignments and just the overall skill that that requires. Like I don't like doing it; it's not fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that moment when you drive out of the garage and take the car out and the steering wheel centered and then you're just like yeah i did that like i got that one done dude that's like the best feeling ever um and yes the hardest part of uh doing your own alignment is having your own everything set up but in terms of spinning the wrenches 
You get that 14 in there, you do that quarter turn, you know how much that's going to give you, recenter it out, measure it, you're, you're good. And, yeah. you know, I, I've done it for my GX and um, my EG, and I've gotten compliments on my EG from my dyno tuner where he's like, man, like, your car drive back actually straight. And I'm like, thank God, because I, I was worried. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that did it is an idiot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, and and so I I, I kind of have that. Too. I struggle with that a little bit too, where I'm mm-hmm. doing the work on my car, and so I'm like, what the hell do I know? Like the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. We've talked about this before, right? Dude, where it's like, what yeah. the hell do I know? Like I'm taking a car 120, 130 miles on the track that mm-hmm. I've put together. Is that really the safest decision? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with those thoughts? So that's an interesting conversation. I think it really is a breakdown of who you are as an individual. I think um, one of the things that I would, and uh, uh, this might be an assumption on my part, but it's kind of like the people that I like to hang around with, I feel like they all have that imposter syndrome because I think for both you and I, we both are really repulsed by that uh, over um narcissistic overcompensating person that you you hear them talk about stuff and you're like you you don't know what you're talking about and that's such a giant turnoff to me and you know the more and more i've uh with the podcast listened to people who are you know people that i look up to people that i um i i'm like oh man like well you you have it all figured out and how are you going to struggle? And then, you know, like I've had conversations with uh, Ryan Eversley, who's like, man, like, yeah, I remember one time we messed up a car because of the thermostat being bad. And it's like, oh, man, like that's super relatable. Or, you know, I, I hear someone like Tom O'Gorman saying like, damn, I was really frustrated on not being able to do better. And I need to take like 15 minutes uh, away from people so that uh, I'm not showing like a bad light. So I think understanding the people that you look up to and in your way of measuring uh, them have achieved a lot more or have achieved things that you um, hold at such a high regard, it, it really helps you not necessarily minimize, but I think contextualize your uh, struggles a little bit better. And I mean, I'll, I'll, I keep saying this, but people like Adam Jabay that I see do all these amazing stuff like creating a a series that's being a support series for nascar at one event i mean that's freaking wild and then i talked to him and he's like yeah i don't know what i'm doing man i hope this works (laughs) out i'm like bro (laughs) yeah 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 no me we're all just flesh and bone right we're all just trying Mm -hmm. to figure out our own adventures so then that's a really good point now in terms of figuring out your adventure going forward what's the what's the racing plans right what what's the plan for you know racing or or time trials or competing if at Mm -hmm. all with the with the eg well i i i appreciate you uh throwing this as a like a kind of a softball because i think most people that follow me and follow you know what happened and know that i am not gonna be doing honda challenge in socal anymore it's regrettable but you know sometimes you just need to go your own way and um you know luckily here in socal we have a a lot of uh organizations so 
my plan is to go and see what else is out there. Um, but for the most part, I have a good car and there's plenty of places that I could go and uh, do track days with. And I'm very lucky that I have people supporting me and giving me uh, options to drive with them, even in, out in the East Coast. So, I mean, for the near future, it's going to be definitely being part of a grid life when they come out to the West Coast. And, of course, helping out at Laguna, which I hope you will be there, too. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, see you there. We're going Sunday, right? Uh, that's that's the plan? Yeah, Sunday's the day that we need to be there. Um, but I'm going to be there the weekend as well just to get oh, Okay, uh, cool. Yeah, you're going to join the party. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, we've <laughs> talked about how we don't have these festivals here, and then Adam's doing not only a festival, but a festival at one of the dopest tracks in SoCal – or in California. And yeah, I'm going to go out there and support him the best that I can. So for now, that's what it's going to be. Um, I might join up Carlos in uh, Porsche owners club um, and see like what happens uh, there. Um, but yeah, you know, for, for right now I have a good car. It's uh, it's really showing me that I still need more work as a driver on it, but you know, I'm just going to go where I feel like hopefully there's uh, people with a better um, mindset that I can melt with a little bit better. Okay. Um, I know you got very real there just now, but I'm going to be honest. All I heard was I'm going to be driving a German car soon. So <laughs> <laughs> you and you and Eli are out there pushing the propaganda of Specky 46 hard. And yeah, I mean, man, you know, he's, he's pushing it with me too, with the Specky 46. Oh, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I mean, he, he drives a good uh, argument there and I do know people in that series so, um, yeah, like that is definitely, um, you know, a really competitive series. But for me, you know, I got a little Calvin in me, you know, I, I like my shit box. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, just like yeah. he likes his uh, Corolla, you know, I like my EG. It's taking a long time to get it to where it is right now. And I like it. It's, it's not bad and it's not that slow. So. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a great car, man. It's a, you're you're underselling yourself. I mean, especially with everything you've done to it. I look forward to seeing it, and if you ever let me drive it, I'd be honored. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, but let's get into the moment oh, we've been yeah. waiting for: the chassis code challenge. And of course, I've Ooh. been getting into a habit of ending these episodes with a head-to-head -head challenge. The mm -hmm. first one I threw, I lost to Carla. I did beat Tony last week. Mm -hmm. And today we're gonna say see who's the victor. And the game we're playing is the chassis code challenge. So we're gonna each take five uh, five turns, providing right. uh, a year making model year making model of a car. Mm -hmm. And then we then have to provide the correct chassis code to get a point. Mm -hmm. As yes. long whoever has the most points at the end of this exchange wins the game. If yeah. If there is a tie, we have to go into sudden death, and sudden death Ooh. is done in two ways. We either flip a coin or we mm. do rock, paper, scissors. I think flipping a coin would be easier with the video lag. If it was yeah, if yeah. it was if it was in in front of each other, I'd go let, let's go rock, paper, scissors. Oh, for sure. I think I thought so too. I should have brought a coin, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but to add a clarifier, because obviously, um, 
So we specified uh, that you would be asking me specifically Honda Civic chassis codes or, or years and makes, and then I would come up with the chassis codes. And then I would do uh, uh, three series um, BMW um, years and makes, and then uh, you you would go ahead and uh, give the chassis code. I feel that's like right. there's a lot more variety in the Civics. Uh, when I was oh, looking and that's at this. why, like, so originally, that's why I said do M2s, M3s, and M4s, figuring it yeah. was a bigger mix-up. But then, yeah, you're right. Like, once I started doing a little bit of research, I'm like, man, these yeah. Civics go everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. I will concede that is it is a slightly unfair, but it's uh, a bigger but pool. I, yeah, it's I tried to pool. I tried to keep it I tried to keep it somewhat fair. So. Yeah, and I mean, you already own like a huge percentage of the BMW make <laughs> model uh, of, of the three series, uh, like breath, the E90 and the E E46 or E36. Yeah, E36. So, yeah. But I wouldn't say so, that's an unfair advantage, right? I, I, that's, oh no, 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 no. I I earned that advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, no. That's that's an advance uh, by design. Yes. Yeah. All right. So of course, the guest mm-hmm. gets to choose who goes first. So are you asking first or answering first? I'll ask first. The, all right, let, let's, let's let's go for let's it. All right, you started then. All right, let's game right. on. Chassis code challenge. Here we go. All right, first one, 1983 3 Series. What is the chassis code? 1983. 1983. Oh, my God, you... Uh, E21. Woo! You got it. You got it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I that was here's that the was thing. bordering. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I knew you would know if it was like uh, E30. I'm like, oh, he's gonna know that one easily. <laughs> but I'm like, ah, I, I need to go a little bit older. I need to figure that one out. But ah, oh, man. Yeah. That. All right. You already you got the momentum. I'm one for me, so. one. Yeah, I was I was a bit hesitant because I knew I knew the E30 didn't go that old, but I wasn't mm. completely sure. So I was like, is this a curveball? But all right, <laughs> here we go. Here we all go. Right. Now now you're in the hot seat. Uh, 1990. Oh. Not not looking at my phone. So just making oh sure. okay. I trust you. So, I, I trust yeah. it. Um, 1990 Civic SI Hatch. 1990 Civic SI Hatch. Oh, damn. So those are called EFs, but I feel like that's going to be the EH series. So EH, EH2? I think. Oof. ED7. Damn. ED7. (laughs) ED7, Mr. Honda Man. With one miss. All right, go for Mm -hmm. it. All right, next one. (laughs) Here we go. 2019 3 Series GT. 2019... That's oh man. I'm having trouble if it's an F or a G. 
<laughs> and the GT. Oh my god. Okay. This is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is hard. I'm real damn. Now I'm going through too many numbers. I feel I'm feeling like Rain Man right now. Like I, I now I'm losing Dude. all the numbers in my head. Uh Okay, so okay, I just I got to talk this through. So 2019 <laughs> 2018, 2019, 2020. So I'm gonna go. Oh man, F. F. So F F F twenty sedan F twenty one. F. F twenty three. It is G twenty four. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was so off. <laughs> Damn it! You got me on that. Like, yeah, it's the border yeah. years. Oh man! All right, so now I'm right. one for two. God damn it. That's so bad. We all are right, being such right. bad like BMW and <laughs> Honda heads right now. All right. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Here we go. You're up now. 1989 Civic DX sedan. 1980. Oh. So that is again on the EFs. So I, I don't know the EFs really well. So based off of that, I'm going to have to say that it's got to be. Um, since you said the last one's ED, so I'm going to have to go with ED and lower number ED3. Oh, nice. <laughs> Did you know it? You worked no. your way into that one. <laughs> yeah. You Woo! worked your way into yeah. that one. Oh, my God. We are tied, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you really worked into that one. Oh, man. I, I feel like I made it too easy now. Woo! All right. Here we go. No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Next all right. one. Here we go. 2019 3 Series Wagon. 2019 G Series Wagon. Okay. So, I know wagons end in a 1. Okay. 2019, we just hit 2018, so it would be a G. So, G21. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. The only reason nice, I know the nice. one is because we don't get wagons. We don't get the cool uh, wagons. Oh. We okay. get some wagon. We get the uncool wagons, but we don't get the mm. cool wagons, the M wagons that I mm. wish we would okay. have. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm two two for three. You're one for two. Um, coming Pressure. in for your third Pressure. question. Here we go. Now we're coming into your generation. 1994. Civic DX sedan. Ooh. Because I was going to go with, as soon as you said DX 19, I was going to go, oh, that that's an EJ2, easy. But I, no, that's got to be, oh, I don't know the sedans. Because it is an E. 
Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know that one. <laughs> How are you going to work yourself into this one, man? Ah. Uh, <laughs> Because here's the thing, the EG chassis code is really only used for the EG6. So I think for that one, it's got to be like an EH7 or EH8? I think EH8. EH8, final answer. Yeah. EG8. Damn! (laughs) I knew it ended with an eight. You missed it by a letter. Yeah, I was close. I was close. Yes, you were close. I really thought you missed it by one letter. I was like, yeah, this is a, it's a bit. It's a yeah. It's a, it's a little challenging with the civics. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're on the fourth one, which is gonna be a 2018 three series sedan. 2018 three series sedan. Just a three series, no, no M, no nothing. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, and this is according to Turner Motorsport. Yeah. Okay. Sedan G twenty. Is that it? Yeah. Well, according to Turner Motorsports, it is an F thirty LCI. Oh my god. It's the threes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I messed up. Yeah, you're so... God damn it. God damn it. But so I, now I I'm mean, two for and, four. And, and to be fair, the BMWs are kind of tricky in that sense. Because, you know, based off of the, the chassis, or based off of the years, it really does, like, mess around with it. Yeah, yeah, and although, and I'm an M guy, so like the regular cars, I'm a little hazy mm-hmm. on when they end and when they start. Yeah, same. but whatever. There's still a chance for me here. There's still a chance. Mm-hmm. There's still a chance for you too. There's still a chance for you. All right, here know. we go. Oh, all right. Damn. <laughs> Two thousand Civic Si Coupe. Damn, I wonder what that EM1 would be. I wonder what that EM1 would be. Oh, my God, man. With the comeback. With the comeback, man. One of the ones that I actually do know. (laughs) Yeah, as soon as I I, I threw it in here to kind of balance balance out how hard it was. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I came on it right now, I was like, damn it. Now we're tied. All right. You're two for four. I'm two for four. Going into our final question. Let's hear All right. it. Whew. This one might be easy. But 2019 3 Series Sedan. Twenty nineteen three series sedan. Now I'm having trouble with the years. Now I don't trust what's in my brain because <laughs> I thought, yeah, like the 2018-2019 border that you keep using has been fluctuating between F and G. Mm-hmm. 2019, right? This is a 2019... Three-series sedan. Three-series sedan. G30. It is a G20. 
Oh my god! Why? <laughs> I feel so tangled. I'm gonna go sell all my cars right now. What is going and, on? And to be fair, like I, I was looking at the Turner Motorsport one where it like breaks down all the chassis codes, and I'm like, yo, what is going on with 2018, 2019? There's like this weird like crossover where they change. we might have to do an audit. Yeah, for real, like that. Yeah, I'm like again, I'm, I, I went with. I went with yeah, Turner. No, I, I trust. I, I trust Turner. I trust Turner. Yeah, because I was um, looking at all the other stuff, and I'm like, "Who am I really going to trust?" And I'm like, "Oh, these guys race. Okay, I guess they might." Know. Oh my god! So this is now. It has come down to a chance for victory on your part, Oof. or a sudden death match, which is decided by a flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. Or the flip of something else. Maybe you have a coin. I don't know. <laughs> I, I might. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that any of us have coins anymore. But I know, uh, right? Oh damn it! I, I I can't. I thought I was gonna do way better, way better than this. But here we go. All right, here we go. For your for a chance at victory here, a 2006 Civic EX Coupe. 2006. Civic EX Coupe. He is a. So I know that has the R18 engine. And it should be the FG2. Ooh! FG1. Damn it! The FG2 is the SI. <laughs> the SI. Oh. Damn it! For the tie, we both do a miserable two for five on our questions. We are failing if we're treating it by the normal college phase scale. Uh, we both we both are tied, so this means we have to finish the game by a sudden death match, which is going to be decided by the flip of a coin, or or let's do this. Okay. Let's do rock paper scissors, but you're All gonna right. write. You're gonna no. You're gonna write down what you're gonna choose, and I'm gonna write down what I choose also. That way we can prove it. I'm gonna write it on All my right. phone. Uh, oh, let's okay. see here. Uh, damn, this is gonna be a. Uh, this is gonna be strange if we have to change it. Hopefully. Uh, Okay. All right. Let me. God, how do I make this bigger so we can see it? I guess zoom. Right. Yeah, I guess it doesn't zoom in too much, but hopefully you'll be able to see it. All right. All right, I got mine. All right, you got to throw what you wrote. Ready? Ready? And rock, one, paper, paper, scissors, scissors. No Damn way! <laughs> rock. Look. We both went rock. All right. <laughs> I don't know if you can see mine or not, but uh, it's like Larry. But all right, all right. Yeah. Next one. Yeah, we went rock. I went rock. So now we got to write your next one. I'm gonna keep track of all of mine. All right. All right. Let's just yell it out. We don't have to do the hand gestures because it doesn't work. On three. Uh, all right, hold on, hold on. Give, give me a second. Yeah, yeah, just let me know when you're ready. Um, <laughs> this is so stupid. 
that's how competitive we are. We're like, no, give me a second. I, I have a strategy. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 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 Ready? All right. Ready? One, two, three. Rock. Yes. Oh, yes. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You got me. You got me. I got you. I win. I am Woo. a victor. Jaime, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was so much fun. Thank you for humoring me with the sudden death rock, paper, scissors. Uh, Thank you for being just as bad at Hondas as I am at BMWs. (laughs) It's been awesome. Dude, honestly, it's always a pleasure to have you on. And, you know, I'm definitely going to have you you on again. Mm-hmm. Everything you're doing with Race FF Pod has been awesome. I, it's been mm-hmm. great to see your growth and kind of your audience grow, and it's been mm-hmm. cool to see, man. Uh, any last words for anyone that's following you? Any anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Anyone you want to cuss out? Um, yeah, there's 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 people. <laughs> I know. But again, I throw it in there. <laughs> but again, you know, I'm I'm not in that group anymore. So uh, yeah, forget it. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, if you're following Race FF Pod, uh, you'll know that in less than two weeks, I will be flying out for the first time out past Nevada to Pittsburgh, beautiful Pittsburgh, flying on the best accommodations that you could get from uh, Spirit Airlines for under $320. <laughs> um, and uh, shout out, of course, to the Honda Challenge people from uh, Texas for buying me an extra ticket. And making sure that I was able to see the national race and giving me a place to crash with them. So shout out to them. If you want to see like good racing, I'm gonna try and do a live broadcast, some video clips. I'm gonna I'm gonna really try and uh, build it up. And for those that have been following it, know that I've made like a, a shirt that I think looks freaking awesome, highlighting some of the potential winners, podium finishers. So. Yeah, outside of that, you know, I love the new direction that you're going with. Um, I love that you and I, uh, like, first started it out with the the Corvette uh, meme <laughs> yeah. video. And yeah. I, I don't know, like, I felt it whenever we started there. I'm like, dude, John needs to do more of this stuff. And I feel like... I need, you know, I need you to come a... out. We, or I need to go out there. We need to do more <laughs> Corvette guy content. Dude. Oh, I'm dude, all about definitely... that. More, all about that. Yeah. yeah. But thanks for the, the kind the... words, man. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. All right. Well, like you said, if you want any racing content, FF content specifically, uh, Jaime is going to go hug the Liberty Bell for us in about two <laughs> months. And he's going to have content. Make sure you're following his page. Make sure you're checking him out two weeks. for all that. It's uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Two weeks. Uh, so at race at race FF pod, exactly how it sounds. Uh, please follow him. It's a great follow. And it's a great listen. Uh, I Thank stay you. up to date with Hondas, even though I don't own any. You know, so it's all good, Thank man. You. Thank you. Well, thanks, man. And everybody, have a good night. Sammy, Sammy, you are wrecking the car. Oh, shut up. Sammy, what are you doing, my friend? Shut up. Don't tell me how to drive.